and welcome back to another edition of On the Board Sports. I am your host, Will Trucci, a.k.a. Will C, coming to you from Gotham Podcast Studios in Manhattan, New York, and I'm joined by the wonderful Miles. Miles is always awesome. He just got a promotion, you know, here at Gotham. What more can you want? He's doing great. And, you know, it's Wednesday. It's hump day. Who's better than the camel on hump day? Not that many people. But with that being said, I got to swing it over to my co-host, a- Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Sean T. Sean, how are you, bud? Well, I'm doing good, and you stole my uh, uh, thunder, man. You stole my uh, only thing better than a cam. Only thing better than us on hump day is a camera roll, but how are you doing, sir? I'm doing all right, man. Can't complain, you know? And you want to know who is actually doing pretty good right now? It's Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole signed yesterday, actually this morning, because he signed right on midnight. That's when the news came out, at midnight. For a nine-year deal with the New York Yankees worth $324 million, it's a $36 million a year deal with an opt-out after the 2024 season. It comes with a full no-trade clause. Uh, So he's probably going to be here in New York unless, you know, he pitches the lights out in the next five years and he decides to opt out for more money. Uh, We have seen that before with Alex Rodriguez opting out of his deal in 2007 and then re-signing for even a much more crazier, lucrative deal uh, there. But outside of that, man, you know, you look at this deal and you just say to yourself with the Yankees right now, they're in a great position to win. Make no mistake about it right now. Obviously, you're going to have a lot of Vegas uh a lot of Vegas heads going out there and saying that they're the favorite to win it all, probably at a really ridiculous number. But then you also, too, you look at this team right now that's in, in place with this rotation, and it looks great on paper. You got Garrett Cole, you have Masahiro Tanaka, you have Severino, and you have James Paxton right there. Those are four solid starters, okay, one through four. And then maybe J.A. Happ will be your fifth starter. Maybe Jordan Montgomery will mix into that. Uh, rotation as well but you know with that said in in the next couple of years like everybody's looking at it from the perspective of 2020 and 2021 you know what what does this team Sean have to do in order to win because the pitching wasn't the problem in the ALCS I feel like it was more along the lines of them trying to go go out there with runners on base and trying to score them in that's not the point here. The point is is that they go out and they get the, the big name and they get the best free agent out there within within the realm of the past couple of years, and he's been the best guy uh, out there on the market, Sean. There's, there's part of me that looks at this deal and says, okay, they're in it to win now. That's fine. I get all that stuff. But there's a part of me that because it's the Yankees and they're pitching, you know, it, it might fall flat on their face. I don't want to be that guy that's going to speak things into existence, but there's always going to be an injury or two. There's going to be a, you know, a workload with this guy, and you're going to see a lot of numbers and everything like that. And I know as far as the numbers go with the pitching coaches and the analytics and all that stuff, there's always that chance of injury. You know, where it could go wrong and it could go down. You know, Sean, what what's your take on this move, number one? And number two, you know, 
I, I've been seeing a lot of Yankee fans on Twitter and, and on social media and everything like that cheering this move and applauding this move. It it doesn't guarantee you anything. For Let me just be that voice of reason right now. It doesn't guarantee you anything. No, no World Series. It does it make this team better on paper, but it doesn't guarantee you anything until they go out there and play the game. Sean, what's your take on this? Well, I have a funny take. If you like this bait, you're going to do $24. So that's the second best pitcher in the city of uh, New York. But that's just the joking side of it. On the serious side of, of things, I mean, listen, well, I understand. You know, you're the voice of reason, optimistic. You know, like, if you don't want to get too high or too low, the Yankees got back to the Yankees. If you were the best player on the Yankees market, which Garrett Cole clearly is and clearly, well, clearly was, the Yankees usually got their guy. And a lot of people forget the Yankees drafted Garrett Cole. And Garrett Cole chose college over the Yankees. He chose college over guaranteed millions. So, obviously, he's turned into the star that everybody knew that he would become. And so, you know, it's one of those things where they... The, the Yankees had the pitching on paper last year, but what happened? CC Jones, Severino got hurt in the spring, ending. And well, let's be serious. The Mingo Herman, in a way, he didn't save the Yankees season, but he kept them afloat to the point where, you know, they were able to run away with the East because Boston never got close. And like I always say, Sean, you got to speak into the phone, bro. I can't. I can't hear you. Well, we've seen. Uh, sorry about that. Well, when we've seen your free agent guys, he did not choose to come. He chose to come to the Bronx. So again, I know you're the voice of reason, like optimistic, and again, you don't get too high and too low. Enjoy this a moment, a moment, man. Because Hal Stein, one of the one guys this off the season. I don't know. I talk to me in in four years when when this deal is you know when he's 
older and let's say if the Yankees do go out there and, and win the World Series next year, right? Big hypothetical right there. Still doesn't guarantee you anything now that you sign the guy. But I, I get everything. I get that you're all in. But for me, and you know, many Yankee fans are all in me, I'm not all in on this. I'm not. I'm like I said, I'm cautiously optimistic with this move. I am. Go ahead. He has a mind. If out of those mind games, he's over one. Uh, to me, that's worth giving him that contract. Obviously, granted, he played a big role in them winning that one ring. The Yankees went for decades looking all ring. That has not necessitated the 30s or the 40s. Something, uh, something as crazy as that. So to me, it's like, yes, well, obviously in four or five years, as we've seen the big deals, the pool holes and, you know, the other larger, you know, seven-year deals, eight-year deals, and Bryce and Harper, it's going to happen to him soon when he gets to, like, the eighth ninth year of his deal. Well, the Yankees aren't paying Garrett Cole for year number six, year number seven, year number eight. The Yankees are paying Jerry Cole between 2020 and, I'd say, 2023, 2024. That's what you're paying them for. But in terms of the contract length, you have to give them that length because obviously, you know, that's how I'm not, works. Sean, I'm not denying that. I'm not denying that that whole aspect of it. What I'm what I'm kinda a little bit worried about here with this is the fact that with every free agent pitcher that the Yankees have brought in, with the exception of three, with Musina, with Sabathia, and with Tanaka, okay? Every free agent pitcher that the Yankees have tried to get, it hasn't worked out. It hasn't worked out, okay? Carl Pavano didn't work out. A.J. Burnett didn't work out. Jared Wright didn't work out. You know, I could go, the list is could go on and on and on and on and on. And I get that Garrett Cole is the best free agent name available. Absolutely, hands down. That's when I'm not, I'm not worried about that. What I'm worried about is, you know, after year one and year two and year three and year four, you know, and even in between, like, okay, this guy, with with me, it's just with the Yankees, it's just that with pitching and free agency, it doesn't work out. It doesn't work out. And then there might be a guy out there that might, that the Yankees might need, you know, and they can't do it because of the, because they handcuffed themselves with, with Garrett Cole. And what happens, say, if they don't they don't win the World Series in 2020 or in 2021 or in 2022? You got to re-sign guys like Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez and Glaber Torres. You know, they I I get the fact that there's a lot of a lot of things going on there too when it comes to the you know with the Yankees and them with with money and how they handle money and everything like that. But there's just unless if I see championship number 28, then I'm going to say, you know what? Okay. It it is what it is. But for now, I just don't know. I don't know how to feel about this right now. Many Yankee fans are happy about this, but for me, I'm like I said, I'm cautiously optimistic about this. Well, I mean, you have to be cautiously optimistic, but you also have to be excited at the same time, because I know you're not trying to give off this vibe, but well, you're giving off the vibe as if you, like, don't like the deal. And it's just like, look, look, if you want to win, you have to try different ways. Yes, they have a good form. They sign guys 
Look, the last championship the Yankees won, 2010. Teixeira free agent. 2009. I'm so sorry. Right, that's 2009. TC free agent. Teixeira free agent. AJ Burnett a free agent. Did that work? Yes. Now, have they signed other guys between now and then? Obviously. They did work, obviously. But what the league has gotten better. The Red Sox got good. Tampa Bay got good. Cleveland got good. The Dodgers, so on and so forth. So it's just like, at the end of the day, well, I'm not saying that you're stubborn, but I know how you like to operate. You like the homegrown talent, build up the form, build up the team, so on and so forth, yada, yada, yada. And yeah, that also works. But at the same time, when when you have a chance to get a big rich, it's not a goal. It's not the fact that I'm stubborn, Sean. It's not the no, fact no, that no, I'm wait, stubborn. Wait, wait, wait. It's the fact. It's the fact that. It's the fact that you get to see these last five World Series winners, right? Outside of the 2018 Red Sox, where they signed a guy like uh, JD Martinez to a deal, and they they had their guys built up through the farm system, everything like that. I get that. The 2017 Astros, how they do it? They sucked for years. They really sucked for years. Then they moved to the AL. And they found their way. They found their footing. This outside of what what had happened to you, know, in 2019, with what had happened with their allegations for 2017, we'll we'll discredit that too. But the 2016 Cubs, how they build their team up? They built their team up through the draft and through trades, and having a good manager in Joe Madden, having some luck on their side as well, coming back down from a 3-1 deficit against the Cleveland Indians. Okay, 2015 Royals, how did that team work out? They wound up beating the Mets in five. Okay, that team wasn't a money wasn't a team that had uh, free agent money acquisitions, but they built their team through the draft and they built, they found ways to go out there and get it. And they, they had players out there that were hungry and that were smart enough at the plate to go out there and do their job. The same thing can be said about the 2014, 12 and 20, 2010 giants. It's the same exact thing. Yeah. You know, but well, at the end of the day, you're talking about the Yankees. The Yankees, well, every team you just said, with the exception, with the exception of uh, San Fran and Boston to a degree, had to suck, had to tank to get their guys. Well, the Yankees would never tank because they do things the right way. Well, how much arguments have me and you had about how the Yankees do stuff the right way and the Mets don't? So when you constantly do things the right way, you're always going to be in contention to win, which obviously the Yankees have. And have they made some bad free agency signings? Yes. Well, every team does that. But have they drafted well? Of course. Look at, you know, the you know, you know, um, the guys on the team drafted because obviously they've made the right trades. Aaron Hicks, great trade. I know he's gone now, but the Didi Agoria trade, great trade. Um, um, but those are the guys. But those are the guys. Trade. But those are the trade. guys. Those are the guys that you know. That came off, that found a way, that basically were were touted as either good draft picks or you know can't miss or guys that were you know underrated in a sense, and they worked their way up. What scared? Well, I understand that, but and not to uh, uh, but, but well at, at the same time, at the end of the day, when you have the form that they have, and you've made the right trades and the right deals. So on and so forth. Well, the only point I'm trying to make, and this isn't about 
me thinking that that you're stubborn because I know um, um, that you're not. But what I'm trying to say is sometimes when, especially in this the situation with the world, the Yankees know they're on the brink. The Yankees know, yo, Gary Cole could be that one piece. Yes, it's an expensive ass piece of And I understand that. But again, if they know they're on the brink, well, and forget about the farm and building stuff, yada, yada, yada. This team is a potential Garrett Cole player away from a championship or championships because their best players are all in their 20s. Aaron Judge in his 20s. Hicks in his 20s. Garrett Cole is 29. And so on and so forth. Sanchez, 20s. Glaber. Well, this team is going to be great for years to come. But you got to strike while the iron's hot. And that's what I'm saying. Yes, it's a very expensive piece. But, well, you had to do it. And you just look back at last season with Severino. Will, God forbid Severino gets hurt again. Now you can say, okay, great. Instead of depending on Domingo Herman, we have Garrett Cole. Will, God forbid Garrett Cole gets hurt. Now you just move everybody yeah, back but up then, to but then, original spot. Yeah, but then years like last year don't don't happen every so often, and they, they never happen. Where you have guys, 30 guys on the IL. You have 30 guys going on the IL, and then you got that next man up mentality. You know, I don't think if, if that were to happen again next year, I don't think it, it would happen again. But, hey, that's why they play the game. So, you know, we got to see what happens and with with the Yankees. But it's uh, it's crazy what's going on. You know, it really is. But me personally, like I said, with the Yankees right now, they they just go out and they get their guy. I'm not denying that. Did they need Garrett Cole? No. It was more of a want, I feel as if, because in the playoffs last year, you can't blame the pitching staff. Okay? The pitching staff can only do what the pitching staff could do. They went out and they did their job. What happened in the ALCS was the fact that they couldn't score runs. They really couldn't score runs. They couldn't do anything at all. And they were stymied by Houston in their in their pitching in their ways. Now, could they have been doing the sign stealing and, and doing up all that stuff? Possibly. During you know, but just it, it is it is what it is. It is what it is, man. You know, but Again, I get 2020, I get 2021. You're trying to win now. I get that. But it's the term of the deal for me. That's what irks me about it. Short term, yes, it works out. Short term, yes, it works out if they win a World Series. Long term, that's why I stay, that's why, you know, if you ever listen to me talk or, you know, see out anything like that from from what we what we talk about here on On The Board Sports, it just, it free agency doesn't work out. It just doesn't. So, But what does this mean now for the rest of Major League Baseball? You're seeing now with the, with the Dodgers, they're probably shifting out all their attention now to Anthony Rendon after they lost out. They're trying to go out there and sign Madison Bumgarner now to, you know, to a five-year deal close to worth about $100 million, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, the Mets, they wound up signing Michael Walker today. You know, he's got a career 3.91 ERA, and he's 
he's pitched the most innings he's pitched in uh with 165 innings during 2017. He's still rather relatively young. He's probably going to enter in his prime soon. And there's a lot of things going on there. You know, there's a lot of things going on. The Angels still have to figure out what's going on here. You know, with having Joe Madden there now in the helm with Mickey Callaway as the pitching coach. They just got Dylan Bundy. See, this is a deal for me that's underrated in a sense where if Mickey Callaway could go out and fix Dylan Bundy. Remember, Dylan Bundy was his top pitching prospect. He was a top pitching prospect when he was with the Baltimore Orioles, and it didn't work out there for for reasons unbeknownst outside of the fact that the Orioles had been a really bad uh, baseball team. But maybe Callaway finds the you know that hidden well in Dylan Bundy, and he can go out there and become this this stud that has the potential to be not great. It could be like a Jake Arrieta type of ordeal. And Jake Arrieta did it, same thing, in Baltimore. Top pitching prospect, doesn't do hot, goes to Chicago, finds his way with Joe Madden and company, wins the Cy Young Award in 2015, goes out in 2016 the following year, and wins a World Series with the Cubs for me personally, it's it's just one of those things, man, where if the Angels can find something here and strike gold here with Dylan Bundy, it can work out. It can really work out here. And then there's other moves that have happened uh, over the course of time since uh, Dylan Bundy uh, got traded over to Anaheim and Garrett Cole signed with the Yankees, all that stuff. Zach Cozart, I believe, wound up getting released by the Angels. So that realistically uh, hasn't, you know, well, I'm just pulling up some some things right now. Uh, you know, the White Sox acquiring uh, Vin Mazzara from the Rangers, that's uh, another big deal. Uh, Didi Gregorius going to Philadelphia and reuniting with Joe Girardi. Girardi was obviously a key part of the 2017 New York Yankees with him leading the helm as manager and, you know, his deal didn't get renewed. And the Twins signed Alex Avila. And, you know, it's... There's a lot of rumors going around right now, too, but and the Astros are considering trading Carlos Correa. And the one rumor that's been really, really, like I've been looking at and I'm saying to myself, like what's been going on over here is the fact that, excuse me, the Cubs might be dealing Chris Bryant to where I don't know, but they've been looking at that as the rumors. I don't know. Again, I don't know. You know, see what happens. And the Angels should go after Anthony Rendon as well. But who knows what might happen there. Uh, Even the Red Sox. Look, the Red Sox are trying to go out and shed some contracts here after what had happened with new manager with Shane Blum over there. Now, who knows what happens. So there's a lot going on in Major League Baseball. But like I said, with Garrett Cole, they're all in. 
The Yankees are all in absolutely 100%. But I'm just, there's just something that irks me with this, with free agency, and with the way how uh, things work out. So I don't know what that is. That's just my pit, my my feeling in my stomach. But I just don't, I don't see it. I just don't necessarily see it. But they're all in. They're going hard for a championship in 2020 and in 2021, perhaps. But it still guarantees you nothing. It makes them better on paper, but it guarantees you absolutely nothing that they're going to win the World Series. So we'll see what happens there. We got to move on now from football, uh, I mean, from baseball to football here for a second because there's a lot going on in the world right now. And, you know, with everything that's gone on in and around the playoff picture right now, listen, the Jets. They're done. The Giants are, are done. I don't even want to talk about them anymore at this point, except that they have the Jets have a big game coming up against the, the Ravens. They could be playing spoiler, but it looks like it's not going to happen because Bilal Powell is going to be out along with a couple other pieces. Uh, let's see what's going on. What else is going on here? The Ravens have a top. They're second in the league in total offense and sixth in the league in total defense. And number one in the league in rushing because of Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is questionable uh, for that game, for this Thursday coming up. But, again, it, I just can't see them doing anything now. Jamal Adams is probably going to be out. He's probably listed as doubtful right now. We'll see what happens. But, man, who knows what's going to happen. Uh, and then you have, too, coming up, you have the – Hang on, I'm pulling up some stuff right now. You got the Eagles and the Redskins coming up. Eagles got to keep on winning their games in order to have a showdown with the Cowboys for the division. Texans and Titans, this is going to be a really interesting game here. Uh, Texans right now have the ninth-ranked offense and 25th-ranked defense, and they got absolutely walloped by the... Denver Broncos, so they're trying to avenge a loss. Tennessee, on the other hand, went into Oakland and just dominated them. And they had the eighth-ranked rushing attack. But, you know, it's it's something. Can, can they go out there and win the South? Yeah, it can. It can happen. Then you look at Dolphins and Giants. That's the battle for the number one overall pick. Uh, Broncos and the Chiefs. Chiefs trying to fight for that AFC West, even though they they clinched it. Uh, the Bears and the Packers. See what happens there. Buccaneers and Lions. Patriots and Bengals. You saw what happened there with the Flategate. Uh, not the Flategate with another Spygate. Uh, controversy on their hands. Seahawks and Panthers again. Just. Seahawks going in there, and they keep on rolling, see what happens. There could be a a trap game of sorts. The Vikings and the Chargers can happen. Uh, That could be another trap game for the Vikings. Uh, Jaguars and the Raiders, I could definitely see the Raiders going out there and competing for that wild card spot, Uh, even though their, their playoff hopes are on the brink right now. Brown, same thing, going up against the Cardinals. That could be a game in which 
Uh, it can be a trap game for them. And then you have the Falcons and the 49ers. 49ers, I think, go out there and just dominate them. Bills and Steelers might be the game of the day on Sunday night. That got That's going to command a lot of attention. That's your Sunday night football game on NBC. Uh, Rams and Cowboys, another team right there that realistically needs some hope. But it's Rams trying to go out there and, and win out, trying to get that sixth spot. Uh, and then the Colts and the Saints on Monday Night Football, same thing. So you have some pretty interesting games on the plate in the NFL, but it's just not looking pretty right now. And in the standings, in the AFC, you have Baltimore as the first seed, New England as the second seed. The Steelers and the Chiefs right now would play each other. And then you have the uh, Buffalo Bills and the Houston Texans going if the playoffs were to end today. So in the hunt right now, the Tennessee Titans are tied for that sixth spot, no matter how you look at it. And they're also tied for the uh, AFC South. So anything can happen there. Anything can happen. And the Broncos are still in it somewhat, but I think they're done. Same thing with the Colts. I think they're done as well too, but they need a lot of a lot of things going on. The Raiders are done. So really this is going to come down to Tennessee and uh, the Steelers. But hey, it's never over until you're out of it. And with, with the Jets, too. You got to see what happens, man. You know, everybody's looking at the Jets. The season's over. I get it. But they could go out there and surprise a couple of teams as well. We'll, we'll see what happens there with that. And to just quickly c- clarify here, in the NFC uh, playoff picture, you know, it's, uh, it, it is what it is. You know, you look at it, you had the San Francisco 49ers dominating Number in the number one seed, you had the Green Bay Packers in the number two spot. The Saints will be playing up against the Vikings if the playoffs ended today. It's three against six, and you have the uh, Dallas Cowboys in the NFC East going up against the Seattle uh, Seahawks if the playoffs were to end today. So teams that are still in play, the Bears are still in it. The Rams are still in it. Can't doubt the Rams. They made it to the Super Bowl last year, but they, you know, they're still trying to figure themselves out. And the, the Eagles, uh, I, I don't know what's going on with the Eagles, man. You know, but they, they're still right in it too as well. So that's that's pretty much about it in the NFL. There, I can't talk about the Jets that much. It's either you got to see what's going on with Darn. See, here's the thing with, with the Jets. Okay, I, I'm a Jeff fan. I love the Jets with a passion. Okay. These next four games, just let Darno play. Just let him play. If you sit him, let him try and go out let him try to go out there and, and spoil the season for some of these teams. Because the Steelers right now are on their on their second to third string quarterback. They could go out there and lose uh this week coming up, even though they don't have their options. Against the the Ravens, I think the Ravens will go out there and, and win pretty easily, but the Jets will have a fight. But I think it's more of for Fox and for whoever whoever's running these television uh, campaigns to try and flex some of these games over the Thursday night is the fact that you want to see Lamar Jackson showcase himself against Sam Darno and Sam uh, for for the Ravens. 
and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's going to prove to the Jets that, hey, you shouldn't have passed up on me. I get that Sam is a talented quarterback and everything like that, but you shouldn't have passed up on me. This is a prove-it game to uh, to Lamar Jackson, to, to the Jets, and say, hey, screw you guys for uh, going over me. But, hey, I would have done the same thing, too. I'll admit it. This guy's having a great year, but he's got to keep on doing it now and be consistent with it. Um, and, yeah, with Adam Gase going as the head coach, He's going to be here for for next year. And I know first-year head coaches do great here in New York with the Jets, but, you know, with all the turmoil that has happened and from what we have seen from all the talking heads out there on social media and in and around this this platform, I think many people have to realize that with everything that was handed to Adam Gase at the beginning of the year, the team played well. Up until the final couple of minutes in that Buffalo game. Just giving you a recap again. They wound up losing C.J. Mosley out for the year. Only played like two games. Done. Uh, Sam Darno. Done with mononucleosis in the first week. Trevor Simeon comes in. Gets absolutely demolished by Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett gets called for the personal foul. Everything like that. In comes Luke Falk for three weeks. And, you know... He's out for the year. Uh, Trevor Simeon is, and Miles Garrett. I, I mean, uh, Luke Falk comes in and just does that. And uh, you know, the injuries happen, and the offensive line has been terrible, and everything like that. I get that. I understand that. So we're gonna have to give Adam Gase here a reprieve until next year. With with that said, so you know, there's a lot to be seen, but again. Just let this quarterback play. He's still young. He's 22. He's still young. 23 comes around. You got to give him a chance and an opportunity. And listen, for those people out there that wanted that first overall pick, you got to let you got to understand, you got to let this kid play. I get that the draft pick, the draft the high draft pick doesn't guarantee you anything. Like like I said with Garrett Cole in the World Series, it doesn't guarantee you anything. Having a high draft pick doesn't guarantee you much at all. For everybody, you got to go out there and you got to learn and go out and do what's best for the organization, for the team. But there's more to it than meets the eye. Okay? There's more to it than meets the eye. And I don't know. We'll see what happens from here on out. Hopefully, they just develop Sam and let Sam play games. That's it. Let him go out there and win you football games at this point in time. That's it. That's what it comes down to. And with the Giants, the Giants are just an absolute mess. Pat Shermer's probably going to get fired uh, at the end of the year. Maybe you'll see the Giants go out there and pick up the former Green Bay Packers coach, Mike McCarthy. Maybe you might go out there and see a college coach come in and probably will this team back into relevancy in New York, but that's whether here nor there. But I don't know. I don't know what to what to say about this team, you know, about New York football, except that it's a joke with the exception of the Buffalo Bills. They're going out there and doing some really good things with Josh Allen being the quarterback. He has heart. He's a gamer. He knows that he wants to win, uh, and he wants to be there for the Buffalo Bills. He's got a great defense around him as well on the other side of the coin. 
but we have to see what happens there. And, uh, you know, just to go out and to go back to baseball here for a second here. Here's an update on the Astros investigation with them cheating. Unlikely to finish in 2019 with 76,000 emails and 60 witness interviews. And this is the most thorough investigation ever. This is a, a report coming through, Bleach Report. I'm going to find out right now uh, what's going on over here with that. Uh, MLB investigation into Astros unlikely to finish in 2019. So this investigation will probably finish up in 2020. We'll probably see more of this stuff, you know, more of the scandal going down. And there's been a lot of a lot of things going on in the MLB world with this as well. And, you know, I got to see an interview with A.J. Hinch. And A.J. Hinch looked like he was about to literally shit bricks up there on the on on and around the uh the stand where he was getting interviewed for the baseball winter meetings it's not good it's not good for baseball and it's it's going to be crazy you know but we'll see what happens there and you know he's just AJ Hinch has the right to basically you know say to keep his thoughts to himself but it's not a good look for baseball. It's not a good look for the Astros organization. It's not a good look for anybody that has played for the Astros since the 2017 campaign and for whoever is a manager now, whether it be Alex Cora or whether it be Carlos Beltran now being uh, the new Mets manager. It's just not a good look for them. But anyway, moving on now from all that stuff to the Islanders right now. We got to talk Islanders. We talked basketball with Haran with the Knicks. Uh, in our earlier episode, go out there and listen to that. It's a really great listen if you're a basketball fan and you're a Knicks fan. But, you know, with everything that's gone on with the Islanders right now, right? Everybody's calling them frauds. Everybody's calling them this, this, and that. Well, they're going into Tampa Bay and they absolutely dismantle the Tampa Bay Lightning by a score of 5-1. to one. Sure, the shots were down 24 as opposed to 32, I believe. But they're finding themselves right now. They are. You got to go out there. You got to lose a couple of games in order to find yourself. You're not going to win all these games. Sure, you're going to have a couple of deflections going in the goal here and there, uh, like on Saturday in Dallas, where Dallas's power play was absolutely rocking because of a couple of puck luck opportunities, uh, as you as you will. But... Make no mistake about it. Am I worried about this Islanders team as of right now? You know, yes and no to a degree. But when you're coming off of a 17-game streak with a point, uh, you're going to have to go through some lulls. And, you know, you look at this team and you just say to yourself, where is it? Where is this team? Are they a player or two away? Are they a superstar away? Listen, I'm going to be the first one to tell you right now, Taylor Hall isn't coming to the New York Islanders. Okay, he's not. Whether or not, you know, you see what's going on with what teams are probably asking for uh, in return for Taylor Hall, it's not happening. And not only that, Lou Emerald believes in a hardworking unit and a hardworking group. He's an old school guy. You can go out there and talk about the superstar all you want because at the end of the day, when you get a superstar here, superstars don't win your championships. Teams do. And when you have a, a player that goes out there 
or a team that goes out there like the Islanders do night in and night out, and they play for each other. Now you got to bring in a guy, you're losing morale and all that stuff. People don't care about that. People care about uh, goal scoring and everything like that and, you know, points and in general. There's other things to look at besides, you know, the number, the eye test. That's what matters the most. People look at Corsi a little bit too much. Me personally, I don't follow the charts and graphs, you know, crowd and what might happen here and there. To me, it's all about the eye test and what you see. So there's that aspect of it. And the Islanders have to go back into, you know, Southern Florida and play against in Sunrise against the Panthers. And the Panthers are second in the uh, Atlantic division right now. But again, you know, they paid a lot of money for their uh, goaltender in Sergei Bravsky. And he's been playing okay to a degree somewhat. But, you know, Alexander Barkov is a player to watch out for. Keith Yandel is a player to watch out for. Jonathan Huberdo is a player to watch out for. But Bobrovsky, for signing the 10-year deal, he has an 11-7-4 record with a goals against average of 319. So he's been giving up mostly three uh, three goals a game with a save percentage. Wow. Didn't realize it was that bad of 89. So that's below 90. So it looks as if uh, Semyon Varlamov is going to be the uh, goalie probably tomorrow. Maybe Greiser will be in as well, Thomas Grice. But you see what happens there. You look at some of the team stats here as well. The Islanders right now, their power play is ranked 14th. Their penalty kill is ranked 13th. As opposed to the uh, power play of the Panthers, it's ranked in the top 10, number 7. Their penalty kill is number 3. And their uh, their faceoff percentage, they got to win faceoffs, the Islanders, tomorrow if they want to go out and make it a, a game. But their goals against and their goals against average for the Islanders is 2.38. That's third in the league compared to the goals against for the uh, Florida Panthers. That's ranked 27th. And then you look at the uh, Buffalo Sabres coming in on Saturday. They've been hot. They have 36 points to them as opposed to the Islanders. They have 42. And their penalty kill right now is actually ranked almost dead last. Uh, They're ranked 29th. The face-all percentage is 31st. Their power play is 20th. And their uh, goals for is... So they're scoring three goals a game, but they're also giving up uh, three goals a game as well. But... You know, you got to see what happens there. Jack Eichel is an absolute stud. He's a force uh, going in, and they are playing really some. They're playing okay hockey right now in a division in which, in the Atlantic, outside of Boston, it's just not that that hot. The Metro, on the other hand, is absolutely pretty hot right now, to say the very least. You have both the Capitals, the Islanders, the Flyers, the Carolina Hurricanes and their storm surgeon and everything like that. And the Pittsburgh Penguins right there as well. But outside of that, you got the Canadians looking on and looking in. You got the Maple Leafs and the Lightning. It's just not not good. It's not good for for them right now. But can it happen? Are they talented? Is that a talented roster? Absolutely no doubt about it. So you see what happens there. And then in the West, you know, you look at the Blues. The Blues have been playing really good. They rank number one 
in the Central with Colorado being their number two. Their goal differential differential for the Avalanche is plus 27. And that's head above heels like the class of the class when it comes to that. Edmonton's still doing some crazy things right there. Connor McDavid and Leon Draudsidel still playing great, even though they, they lost out the other night, uh, you know, to the Hurricanes. But they're they're right there in the thick of things. Arizona still probably one of the better goal goaltending teams right there. Darcy Kemper's having himself a really good year. And Calgary has been finding themselves after firing Bill Peters. So they've been doing really, really well. They had the best record in the West. So we'll figure out and we'll see what goes on over there. And then for the wild card spot, Dallas fired their coach. I believe it was the other day or yesterday. And then the Vegas Golden Knights round out that uh, wild card spot for them. In the hunt is Vancouver, Nashville, Minnesota, San Jose, Anaheim, Chicago, and Los Angeles. But Chicago and Los Angeles are the bottom dwellers at this point in time. It's uh, it, it hasn't been pretty. Let's just say that. And the Detroit Red Wings and the New Jersey Devils are obviously you know bottom dwellers as well in the East. So that's going to just about do it here for the On the Board Sports Podcast. My final thought here for the show is shout out to OJ Anderson and Mike Vivolo for uh, doing this roast of OJ Anderson. It's going to be down at the Gotham Comedy Club tonight at 7 o'clock. I'll be there for it right now. And look, listen, there's just outside of this assortment of sorts. Uh, am I hyped for Garrett Cole? It's World Series or bust for this guy right now at this point. He has a lot of pressure. Again, comes down to it. And for the Islanders right now, uh, you know, see what happens there with them. Just not a lot to talk about, you know, outside of that. You know, outside of me shouting out O.J. Anderson and uh, and Mike Vivolo and even license plate guy. So, gentlemen, thank you. Uh on that note, for everybody here at Gotham Podcast Studios, for Miles, our wonderful producer, controlling the ones and twos, and for my partner, Sean Thomas, who had to go back to work. So, Sean, I miss you, bud. You got to come back in the studio soon, and we'll talk some sports. I am your host, Will Trucci, logging out. We will talk to you guys soon. Peace out.